So a lot of people believe that God is real, you know, even if they aren't really Christians, a lot of people believe that there's a God. But if you also believe in a devil, that makes you a little bit more unique. There are even Christian theologians out there and even Christian pastors who will try to tell you that there is not a devil. They'll tell you demons aren't real. They'll tell you it's all superstition. And so when you come to Ezekiel 28, that's one of the chapters in the Bible that gives the most information about the devil, they will try to explain it away as being about merely a human ruler. And and that is how Ezekiel 28 starts off, sure. Last week on the podcast, we studied the first part of Ezekiel 28, the part about the human ruler of Tyre. That's an ancient nation that God destroyed. This time we're going to look at the spiritual ruler of Tyre, which, believe it or not, was the devil himself. And if you listen through today, you will hear a case for why Ezekiel 28 is surely talking about the devil and why this chapter is talking about him. All of that today on the Cross References Podcast. Welcome to the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a new Christian or a veteran Bible reader, my goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. My name is Luke Taylor, and I'm a soldier. I'm not a soldier in any earthly kingdom. I'm a soldier in God's army. And if I'm going to fight for God's kingdom, I need to know my enemy. And so over the next few lessons, we're going to be discussing our spiritual enemy, the devil, and we'll tell you how to defeat him. And so we started last week by making the simple point that the devil is wiser than you. And that is not likely to change anytime soon because you've only been around on this earth for a matter of decades. But the devil, he's been around for millennia. That means thousands of years. And so we are outmatched. We're outmatched on our own. But praise the Lord, we are not on our own. God has given us a book with the information that we need to win this fight. Now, as I said a few moments ago, one of the chapters that speaks the most descriptively about this enemy, it's also a little bit veiled. You know, it does not directly say, this is about Satan. So that makes this a little bit controversial, and I'm trying to bring some clarity to this today. I want to demonstrate that these verses in Ezekiel 28, they could be about no one other than Satan. So this time, I just want to establish the figure of verses of the verses in Ezekiel 28. Next time on this podcast, we're going to talk about what the verses mean. So specifically, we're looking at verses 11 through 19. Last time we looked at verses 1 through 10, and those were about the human ruler of the nation of Tyre. But if you've been following this podcast, you know that the Tyre, that was a maritime nation, and it was very sophisticated, very wealthy, very much an economic backbone of the Middle East. But they were also very prideful and still very sinful. And so God said he was going to destroy it anyway. And all the nations in the area, they were going to suffer if Tyre fell. But that didn't matter because God was going to make sure that Tyre paid for its sins. People thought Tyre was impenetrable. You know, it moved its capital out onto an island. And, And how can you lead a siege against an island? But Alexander the Great figured it out and he conquered Tyre. And so verses 1 through 10 have God speaking to the king of Tyre, the human king. But in verses 11 through 19, God shifts to speaking about the spiritual king of Tyre, the power behind the throne. And God says this, 
Ezekiel 28, starting at verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And so right there, it's just like, whoa, whoa, that's a little bit over the top. You know, (laughs) why would the human king be called perfect in beauty? And then verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And then it's going to talk about the stones, and we're not going to do that today. But this says that the king of Tyre, that he was very beautiful, that he was very wise, and also that he was in Eden. Now, who could that even be about? Well, you know, let's talk about what we know about Eden. There was this guy named Adam who was there. Adam got lonely, so God made him a wife named Eve. And God was in Eden. We know that because God walked with Adam and Eve. And then in Genesis 3, another figure appears in Eden, and he is known there as the serpent, Genesis 3.1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so some are going to try to say, this was not the devil. This was just a talking snake. (laughs) I've heard that before so much in my life. I was doing an online quiz one time. This was like 10 years ago. And this was a quiz that was made by an atheist who was trying to embarrass Christians. And so it had this question, who was it that tempted Eve in the garden? And if you answered the devil, then it would say, oh, no, 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 wrong. The Bible never says in Genesis 3 that the serpent is the devil. It was just a talking snake. (laughs) So I'm as a Christian, as someone who believes the whole Bible, I also believe Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 or verses 1 and 2. And that's where it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. (laughs) So it says it right there pretty plainly. I love the symmetry of the Bible. You know, in the third chapter of the Bible, we meet the serpent, and it's pretty obvious to most of us who that serpent is. But then at the end of the Bible, and it's actually three chapters from the end of the Bible, The devil is brought up again, and it specifically calls him that ancient serpent, or that serpent of old, as some translations say. It's making it it as clear as can be for us that this is talking about the same dude. And so let's go back to Ezekiel 28 now. Is this figure in Ezekiel 28 the serpent just because it says that the person of Ezekiel 28 was in the Garden of Eden? Because there are a few different candidates for who this could be. There's some who try to say, that the figure in Ezekiel 28, that it's actually talking about Adam, not Satan. And they admit that the description there, it's not applying, really, it can't apply to the king of Tyre. But they will stop short of saying that it's about Satan. And they say that, you know, this applies to someone else that was in Eden. They'll say it applies to Adam. And they say that these verses must apply to Adam because he was also perfect up until he sinned. But let's hold that up next to verse 14. It says, you were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. So a cherub, that's a type of spiritual being. You know, we might commonly call them angels. I'm not calling it an angel, but I'm saying it was a cherub, okay? It's a spiritual being. He's like an angel. I think they're a little bit different from the mere angels. Cherubs are depicted in the Bible. You know, don't think of precious moments or wherever you've maybe seen pictures of like the naked babies floating around. That's not what a cherub actually looks like. Cherubs are depicted in the Bible very kind of almost fearsome beings. They have multiple faces. We've covered this before in Ezekiel. They are the guardians of God's presence. 
Um, we, we see him in Ezekiel chapter 1. We see him again when God's presence leaves the temple in Ezekiel chapter 10. And so as far as I'm concerned, to call the figure in Ezekiel 28 a cherub, that knocks out Adam, that knocks out Eve, that knocks out that it could be God potentially. Um, I'm not aware of any other personalities who are in Eden who could be a candidate for this description. It's very commonly stated that Satan was an angel who was kicked out of heaven. And again, it's fine to say that. I think the more specific term that we could use would be to call him a cherub. And I've also covered on a previous episode of this podcast, a cherub is a spiritual being with wings, the face of a cow or an ox. It's a bovine-like face. That's why I've said before, Satan looks like a cow. And you can go back. I, I'm guess I'm thinking off the top of my head, I think it was episode 15, or I mean, part 15 of the Ezekiel series. That was where I talked about Satan and what he looks like. So something else about Satan. He's very, very bright. He's actually luminescent. Um, I kind of skipped over the stones before. I, I, I guess I'll go ahead and go back to him now. Ezekiel 28, 13, it says, Every precious stone was your covering, sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. And so there's a few places in scripture that will mention gemstones like this. Um, this brings to mind the priestly garments that are mentioned in Leviticus as well as the description of heaven that's at the end of Revelation. Things that are just very bright, sparkly, pretty, and, and they're mentioned right here as being the same thing that covered Satan as well. And so this makes a question for a lot of people. Is there some kind of connection between Satan and the priesthood or this, this passage in the priesthood? And I'm going to say not necessarily. I, I, I think this is just the way God makes things look uh, in his kingdom, yeah, how he makes things look beautiful. And so the priests had a job to minister to God, and they were told to beautify themselves in a similar way in the priestly garments. And so that's why I think they were told that. That's why the devil looked like that. I think for Satan, it, it already said earlier that he was perfect in beauty when God created him. Uh, I found a quote here from theologian Michael Heiser. He actually passed away last year. And he said this about this passage. He said, the gemstones, in my view, are not about the high priest. They are descriptors of shiningness, luminescence. They do not correspond with precision to the high priest's breastplate. They just don't. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Rather, some of this description, fiery stones, shining stones, gemstones, are stock descriptions of divine beings in the ancient world. He said that on his podcast, um, which is sadly, it's since he passed away, it's not going anymore, but um, I still have a lot of the old episodes downloaded. He was a brilliant theologian, Michael Heiser. Anyway. That's what he said about these stones, that this is really just talking about, it's, it's describing what Satan looks like. He's very bright, shiny, beautiful, actually. You know, believe it or not. Not a word we would probably use or think to use to describe the devil. That is how God describes him. So what do the gemstones have to do with proving that this is the devil? Well, let's go back to Genesis 3 again. Let's go back to the original Hebrew as it describes the serpent, Genesis 3.1, where it said, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And, and that word crafty is kind of interesting. It, it means cunning. It means smart or wise. Okay, and that's what we talked about last time on this podcast. We went deep into how that word is used to describe Satan. Satan is really, 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 really smart. Okay? You are not going to outsmart Satan on your own. But read 2 Corinthians 2.11. If you know his strategies, you can protect yourself from being deceived, and you can actually take the fight to him. We're going to get there in a few lessons. We're going to, let's get back. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Let's go back to Genesis 3 for the moment, okay? This word Satan, all right? It's the Hebrew, I'm sorry, serpent. The word serpent in Genesis 3, um, that's the word that it shows up there. The word serpent is the Hebrew word nakash, okay? It's spelled N-A-C-H-A-S-H. That's how it's like, I think you call it transliterated into English, nakash. My autocorrect wants to change it to nachos, okay? So now my stomach is also thinking about nachos. <laughs> Sorry if yours is too. Nakash, that is the word for serpent in Genesis 3. A serpent, is, it could also be known as a snake. It's a reptilian animal, okay? Which I, another thing I find interesting, it's kind of how Satan is described in Revelation where he's called a dragon, okay? Um, I'm not a zoologist, but I would, I'm pretty sure a dragon would also be like a reptile <laughs> if you had to classify it. So kind of similar to a snake or a serpent. Anyway, how did he appear as a serpent? I don't think that Satan like possessed an actual snake in Genesis 3. Um, I I'm guessing he probably took the physical form of a snake whenever he came to Eve. Okay. I don't think that Eve actually mistook him for, for just a natural, normal snake. I think she knew that this was Satan. He was one of God's spiritual beings. Um, that's a, kind of my personal read on the situation. Some people think that animals could just naturally talk back before the fall of man. And so this was just like an ordinary thing to have a conversation with a snake. Maybe. Um, I have, that's a possibility. I have an alternative theory. I think she just knew it was Satan and that she knew who he was, that he was one of God's creatures, uh, spiritual creatures. And I think Adam and Eve were probably just well acquainted with angels and spiritual beings by this point. They knew Satan was one of them. And so they just, they probably just assumed that they could trust him whenever he showed up, you know, and this was before the fall. So the fact that he was appearing as a snake, they weren't probably freaked out by snakes. You know, they had no reason to fear snakes at that point. No reason to be suspicious of snakes the way we would. And, and so that's, that's why, I, that's what I think is going on here. That's my read on the situation. But I think this word nakash, the Hebrew word, it's doing a whole lot of work here. Okay. Because this is one of those Hebrew words that actually has multiple meanings. Um, another translation of Nakash is the shining one. And that is a characteristic of Satan. He is described in the Bible as bright and shiny, um, like it, such as in Ezekiel 28. And that, that's what these gemstones were all about that I mentioned before. They give off a shiny light. And so if you think about it, that also matches the New Testament description of Satan, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Um, we'll get to that verse a little bit more next week too. Nakash has a third meaning. And it's a powerful word. It's like, Genesis 3 is well, like maybe the deepest chapter in the Bible. You, just, you can just dig and dig and just keep finding more stuff. And Nakash even has a third meaning that also, uh, it can also be a verb. And it can mean to give divination. Or in other words, to give information from the spiritual realm. And so Nakash is a word. It could be used three different ways. It could be used as a noun to mean a serpent. It could be used as a verb, which means to give spiritual information. Or it could be used as an adjective to mean a shining one. And all of these words describe who Satan is and what he's doing whenever he shows up here in Genesis 3. He's a shiny serpent. He's claiming to have secret information from the spiritual realm. He says, eat this fruit and you will become like God. And so I think this word is really a, just a brilliant word. Uh, it's all, all this synergy of these meanings, it's helping to also build the case that Ezekiel 28 is definitely speaking about Satan.
But if you just want a little bit more proof, <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. Ezekiel 28, 15, we'll read through verse 17. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I want to stop right there. So we see that Satan was actually perfect uh, up until he wasn't anymore. You know, he, then he became prideful and he was cast away from the stones of fire. And so we know that pride is one of the chief characteristics of Satan and of the Antichrist as well, by the way. We're, we're, we'll, just, we'll just focus on Satan for today. But he's often mentioned as being full of pride. In fact, he was so prideful, he wanted to occupy God's throne and he wanted to receive the worship that was meant to go to God. Isaiah 14 also talks about Satan, and it says in verses 12 and 13, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the reaches of the far north. So Satan's goal was to receive the worship of God, and he was cast out of heaven. Satan said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And so the way I take it is God backhanded him pretty hard, <laughs> you know, or, or he had Michael do it. However it happened, but I mean, Satan, he got kicked out. And, and, I, and I actually think he's allowed to make return visits. We're going to get into that in a future lesson too. Um, and this connects further with the curse on the serpent in Genesis 3.14, where it says, on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. See, Satan wanted to be in the place of the Most High, but he was cast to become the lowest of the low. And so it's kind of that, I don't, I don't know if you call it irony or whatever, but he gets the opposite of what he actually wanted. And um, one last detail I want to mention today from Ezekiel 28. It's where it said, I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. And the stones of fire is not a phrase that appears... Actually, I don't think it appears in any other places in the Bible, uh, as far as I know, but it is in the book of Enoch. And it is up to you how much credibility you want to give to Enoch. Um, listeners of my other podcast, Weird Stuff in the Bible, you might know that the Bible actually frequently cites the book of Enoch as a place of reliable information. So I find that kind of interesting. So in the book of Enoch, the stones of fire refers to the meeting place of the divine council. And so Satan was perhaps privy to the, the meetings of the Divine Council in the past, but then whenever he transgressed, he said he lost his seat. And so, now, as I said, I actually think he can come back and have conversations with God in heaven. Um, in fact, I, I think Satan is even given control over certain sectors of humanity from time to time. And we're going to talk about that as we close down today. Here's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take a short break. I hope that I've convincingly explained you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Ezekiel 28, it must be talking about Satan. But why is Ezekiel 28 talking about Satan? Well, that's what I want to discuss as we close down today. So 
So next time on this podcast, we are going to study Ezekiel 28 some more. Okay, today was actually, believe it or not, this was not the verse-by-verse Bible teaching of this chapter. I was, like I said at the beginning, I am just trying to establish who this chapter is talking about. And in a few minutes, I'll talk about why it's talking about him right here. And then next time on this podcast, I want to tell you what it means. So make sure that you're subscribed. If, if you just stumbled across this episode randomly or something, hey, subscribe to the podcast so you can be sure to get that next episode. And then on Weird Stuff in the Bible, that's my other podcast that I mentioned before. I'm also talking about the devil this month, and I have an episode coming out on Wednesday. I, the title I'm going with right now, it's called God Uses Satan. Okay, if, if you ever looked at all the death, destruction, misery going on in the world, and if you ever wondered, why does God allow Satan to even exist? Well, if you wonder about that, that's an episode you're going to want to hear. So make sure you're also subscribed to Weird Stuff in the Bible. And my email is, uh, if you want to send any messages, hate mail, whatever, <laughs> feedback, podcast at gmail.com. That's how you can get a hold of me. This podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Edify, YouTube, Rumble. I almost cut off Rumble at the start of the year because um, I generally get almost no response from Rumble. Like in all the life of my podcast, I've gotten like two or three, less than five messages from Rumble before. And so, uh, but then here's the thing. I checked it the other day and one of my episodes had like 400 downloads on Rumble. And that was just weird to me because... The, like the same episode on YouTube, it had like 30. And um, it, like, it was one of those episodes that had almost no impact on YouTube. It was one of those Ezekiel chapter studies. My Ezekiel episodes, they, those tend to do better on the on the podcast platforms. And um, the, the, as, as far as putting them on the video platforms, the Ezekiel studies don't usually do as well. So they, they usually fall kind of flat when I put them on YouTube and even more flat when I put them on Rumble. But anyway, that episode, it was the Ezekiel series part 41. That I just checked. It has over 500 views on it now. So I, I guess I'll keep things going on Rumble. <laughs> I don't know why that one blew up over there, but that was uh, kind of interesting. So anyway, available on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your podcast. I talked long enough about that. Let's close down. So as I said, I want to mention why. Like, why is Ezekiel 28 talking about the devil? It's kind of random. Okay. You know, otherwise you'd probably never even heard of Ezekiel 28 before. You know, this is just a chapter. It's just kind of going along with historical judgments, focusing here on the nation of Tyre, and then just out of the blue, you know, not, nothing happened in chapters 25, 26, 27, anything about the devil. And then out of the blue, he shows up here in chapter 28. It's just been kind of going through different nations, Ammon, Moab, Edom, Philistia, talking about Tyre. The next chapter is just going to go on talking. We're, next, we'll talk about Sidon and then Egypt. Why did the devil all of a sudden show up right here in the middle of it? It's very bizarre. Comes out of nowhere. I have a theory on why, okay? And, and I think it's a pretty good theory. Um, if you're a regular listener to my Weird Stuff in the Bible podcast, you're probably already familiar with the concept that God has various spiritual beings that are placed in charge of various nations. Um, that's really not even a theory. Like, that's just, that's a biblical fact. Um, God is in command of a pantheon of spiritual beings, and they make up what I call the Divine Council, uh, or that's actually Michael Heiser's name for it, who I mentioned before. And these figures, they make decisions together about the direction of humanity. And so every nation has its own small g God, okay? The Bible refers to these spiritual authorities as the gods. I mean, that's, it's there in the Bible. 
Uh, I won't prove it all today, but I have before. And there are, interestingly, both good and bad spiritual beings who are placed in charge of the nations and allowed to attend these meetings. And so these figures, these spiritual beings, they're not all loyal to God. Um, They can rebel. They can do their own thing. And the leadership over these different sectors of humanity, it can shift and it can change from time to time. I think God is like always over Israel um, or Michael, we might say. Um, Not that Michael is God, but I think Michael is the, the spiritual angel who's kind of put in charge of Israel, but that's always been God's territory. And um, I think the others, they can be replaced or shuffled around from time to time. So let me get into my theory. Okay, my theory is that Satan has been placed in charge of Tyre at this point in time. And I I don't know if he asked for it. I don't know if he was assigned to it. I don't know how things always work in the spiritual realm. But I think Satan was given command of Tyre for whatever reason. And it's kind of interesting. Tyre is a bit different from these other nations that are spoken against in this section of Ezekiel. Ammon and Moab and Edom and Philistia, these were violent. They were scary. They were dangerous. They were desert warriors. And then you get to Tyre, and it's it's actually a bit more dignified and wealthy. It's an economic powerhouse. It was sophisticated. And yet it was entirely corrupt. And I don't know, perhaps Satan wanted it because maybe he could do more damage with a nation like Tyre than he could in one of these others. You know, I have no idea. But I believe he was the territorial spirit who was in control of Tyre at this point in time, and he was directly influencing the human ruler of Tyre. And and who was that human ruler? Um, you know, if you listen to the previous episode that I released last week, then you know that the human ruler at this time was a man who was named King Ethbal, Ethbal III. Ethbal, Ethbal, I'm not sure how to say it, but it's, a, it's an interesting name. Baal was the deity of the Old Testament that the Israelites, they were always getting tempted with. Uh, he was like a bull or a cow. He had the same face that was the face of a cherub, the same face that Satan had. I went deep into all this, like I said before. There was episode 35 of Cross References. It was called, What Does Satan Look Like? That was a long time ago. So if, if you don't remember it, I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> that was like a, a year or two ago. But uh, Although it would, it would still hurt my feelings if you ever forgot anything I said. So don't tell me if you forgot. But anyway, in that episode, I established in that episode that Baal was actually Satan and that he had the face of a cherub or a bovine creature. And so it was the king of Tyre that Ezekiel was writing to, and his name was Ethbaal. And that means literally, Baal is with him. Which I guess you could also say it means Satan was with him. So I believe Satan was controlling Ethbaal like a puppet. And Satan was the spirit that was set in charge over Tyre. And so Satan was the power behind the throne. And that is why Ezekiel 28 is talking about him. And that's that, there you go. That's my theory. That's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> but this was, this was all important for me to cover today because this is one of those weasel passages in the Bible. Okay, there's a lot of passages that scholars and theologians and pastors will get kind of embarrassed about. And a lot of them, a lot of times they deal with the devil. And so a lot of interpreters just try to weasel their way out of letting the Bible say what it says, you know, and, and, and for me, I'm not going to leave any room for that while we study the devil more over the next few weeks. Ezekiel 28 is about Satan. And 
this happens a lot with the passages that speak about Satan. They get kind of run through the ringer, or if they're talking about demons, you know, that a lot of pastors just try to weasel their way out. They try to cast doubt on what it says, and they'll try to tell you the Bible doesn't really mean what it sounds like it means. You know, you can find this with basically any scripture in the Bible that teaches us something about the devil. And yet, I don't think there's really any ambiguity about it. You know, I think if you take the whole counsel of God, I think it all hangs together really plainly. It paints a very clear and consistent picture. Isaiah 14, Genesis 3, Matthew 4, Revelation 20, Ezekiel 28. All these are talking about the same figure. He is the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, and Satan. And I hope the Bible makes more sense to you after this episode. I usually end by giving an application, but I'm going to save that for next time. Because we've established who Ezekiel 28 is talking about, and now we can reread those verses and dig into what they mean. And that's what next week's episode is going to be all about. So I hope you'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Cross References Podcast. This has been Luke Taylor, and I'm going to go get some nachos. Oh,